Welcome, welcome to the Boss Lady Coaching Podcast via Zoom during the pandemic. We're so glad that you're along for the ride. We're so happy to have a guest today. Sherry Duffy is with us. Sherry is the Director of Strategic Initiatives in the School of Public Health and Information Sciences at the University of Louisville. And Sherry is the one who recruited me, so to speak, to continue my education. It was scary. It was daunting. But I'm so glad that Sherry came into life those many years ago at the radio station. So Megan, glad to have you on, of course. And Sherry, thanks so much for being on the show. This is your first time. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And I love what you're doing with Boss Lady Coaching. And it's a thrill to uh, get to virtually meet Megan's as well. Now, Megan, uh, this week is the beginning of the RISE initiative with ECTC. Have you had a lot of excitement surrounding that? We have. We are closing in on, we set a a number of tickets that you can have through Eventbrite at 100 guests, um, not having any idea how many people would be interested in this. And when I checked yesterday morning, we were already at 70 RSVPs. And um, I know I actually need to to stop and officially sign up. So we're really encouraged by the response. I'm sure we've had uh, even some more come in since then. So um, we're really thrilled and grateful to all of our panelists. It's going to be a really stimulating discussion and I'm looking forward to participating in it too. And Megan, how do people get that link? Um, It is available on the Eventbrite page as well as our Facebook page um, for the event specifically. So if you go to Elizabethtown Community and Technical College, it's posted there as an event and the link to access the Zoom session because that's our new normal now. Um, it is posted in both of those locations. So the ECTC Facebook page is the best place to start. Great. Thanks for that update, Megan. I appreciate it. And Sherry, for those who aren't familiar with your work and your passion, you're a mentor, you're a professor. I consider you to be a thought leader and definitely a boss lady. So would you share your story and how you changed careers later in life? Sure, certainly. I'd be glad to. Uh, Well, Elizabethtown is uh, where I consider home. Uh, I was raised all over the nation being an Air Force brat, but all my adult life I was in E-Town and uh, owned and operated a couple of small uh, child care centers and woke up one day and realized I had never finished a college degree and that I consider that important especially as I was raising two sons that I definitely wanted to go to um, on to higher education. So I uh, took the big leap of faith and ECTC kind of propped me up. Um, I cannot tell you what uh, courage that community college gave me. And it's where I realized that um, I actually was smart. I was smart enough to, I was college material. Um, I don't know if you all know Dr. Harris, and uh, but he convinced me that I could learn algebra, and um, that was my pivotal point uh, to lead me back to U of L to to finish at the College of Business. Um, and I fell in love with learning. I fell in love with um, academics and what it can do to help people change their lives and shape them. Um, So I finished a master's in human resources after a a business degree with management and finance and started teaching at UofL part-time, but I started working there full-time about 12 years ago. Um, And I've worked my way um, through several departments, but I've landed in a place that allows me to meld 
all of the work that I did before higher education. Uh, the person who hired me, Dr. Monica Wendell at the School of Public Health and Information Sciences, uh, when I went in to apply for the job, um, I said, but I don't know much about public health. And she said, well, what you just told me is you've been doing public health all your life. <laughs> you just don't know it. Um, and it has been a, a, a tremendous fit. So for the School of Public Health, my work is, is mainly in nurturing critical partnerships and creating alliances with external partners as well as internal. So uh, faculty, when they have research expertise in health equity, um, information sciences, uh, big data analytics, uh, then I team them up with folks across campus who might have an interest in that research. And then we look for funding sources to support that research. Um, so I lead the research office uh, at the School of Public Health as part of that, that job. And then I also am deputy director of the Commonwealth Institute of Kentucky. And so we have about 70 scholars around the university who uh, work to improve uh, population health. And so we do that by building these collaborations with researchers. Then I teach part-time for the Organizational Leadership and Learning Program, Holly, and that's how you and I met. Um, I work there part-time uh, teaching human resources. I teach diversity in the workplace, uh, coaching and talent management, needs assessment, and it, this program is specifically geared for adults who were just like me, who life, um, they kind of did back, life backwards, right? So they had, had careers or they might be just starting out, you know, five, six years into their career and haven't finished college. So um, this program, that's what this program is for. So I'll wear a couple of hats. Just a few. Yeah. <laughs> It's just to hear you say all that, I'm like, shoo, I'm tired. But the dichotomy of that is you're energized. <laughs> it, it feeds me. For me, my passion is helping adults realize that they can complete that degree, right? It, what Dr. Harris gave me, so I was going down the road in E-Town right when Town Mall had been built. So you all know my age now. Um, and I was driving down the road and I called my mom, or she was with me, and I said, I know now that I'm not stupid. I, I can do this. And um, it, was, it was a game changer for me. So that energizes me. If I can give that, if I can help nurture that in another human being, that, that feeds me. Why do you think that you had the perception that you were stupid? Uh, you know, that leads to my other passion, which is uh, gender equity. I think we raise girls unintentionally. I don't think that there's malice in what I'm about to say, but I do believe that we raise girls to uh, grow up thinking that they are pretty. We encourage that we encourage them to spend exorbitant amount of time on their physical attributes and not on their internal attributes. Uh, we also encourage females to, um, to be passive and to um, 
be subservient. And those are strong words. I recognize that. And it can really uh, push um, people to think that, that you're not being veiled to the male species, but it's in, it's in everything that, that happens to us. So it's implicitly um, built into us. I mean, look at the Barbies that we played with, you know, there's such unrealistic expectations there. So it's probably a good thing. God did not give me a girl because I think that the moment she, the moment she popped out of the womb, I would be telling her how smart she was, how capable she was, how kind hearted she is. Uh, you know, the attributes inside her would be more important to me. And I think that I grew up with that. And um, part of that is uh, I, I was never, I was never told you're so smart or you can, you can do this. And I don't know if you know it or not, but you've become a mentor for so many others, including myself, based on someone believing in you and imparting that to you. And so you're, you're part of this domino effect in a positive way uh, that's impacting those who did grow up with those messages. Mm -hmm. And I really think there's a, a balance that we have to strike between, well, I'm killing it at my career or I'm killing it at my education. I'm crushing my goals. This is great or I'm the prettiest in the room. And, and I don't know about you, but I would rather be um, the most collaborative in the room. I would rather be the, the, the person who's not afraid to speak their ideas, even if they're a little crazy <laughs> and, and get started and go from there. So I'm so thankful for, for your example. And, um, I can relate a lot because when you came into my life, um, Sherry, you didn't know it, but you came in with such confidence. So I, I would have never have known that you didn't think that you were smart enough to go after your goals. Like you didn't, um, you, you seemed very poised and, and confident in what you were doing. And I thought, I want to feel like that. And so just your example um, in, in that, room in that small studio was a big game changer for me enough for me to uh, to say I can do this <laughs> it happens so so it's all your fault <laughs> oh Holly but yeah and so I had that same view of you on the air right that's something that we don't um that we don't do enough of is to help build our females. And that's why this podcast is so important. You're helping females build themselves up to a point to reach a full potential. And that's how organizations get ahead, right? So if you want to talk about bottom dollar, you start taking care of your personnel. You start treating them with respect and that, um, that they're valued and their voices are valued. So, but we don't have to do it all either, Holly. So I have something in front of me that I was hoping you wouldn't mind that I share. It's a small quote from Brene Brown. And it's talking about the coronavirus and pre-corona. And she talks about not going back to normal, that normal never was. Our pre-corona existence, I'm quoting her, was not normal other than we normalized greed inequity, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusing, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return to that, my friends. 
we are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. So we don't have to be everything to everybody all the time. We just can't be, right? That's really powerful and it gives us space and room to take a breath and say, okay, what am I doing doing during the pandemic and what am I seeing on my Instagram feed and my Facebook feed and what kind of choices am, am I making? And then Megan drops this mega announcement, which I knew it was going to happen, but at the same time, I was so excited for her, but I knew that that wasn't my journey right now either. So it's such a nice place to be, uh, a grown place to be, a mentally healthy place to be to say, I see you girl doing that awesome stuff. And I also see me wanting to spend more time with my son or whatever, whatever that may be. It's such a good place to be. So Megan, with that, would you like to officially announce on the boss lady coaching podcast, what your new plans are? Sure. I'm uh, really putting it out there into the universe because I need help to keep committed to this because it's going to be a long haul to uh, be pursuing my PhD in leadership over the next few years. So um, usually I don't share, like I try to share more of the personal challenges than personal accomplishments. Um, and this is definitely, I'm one week in, so there's not too much to celebrate just yet. But um, I've been sharing it publicly because I'm going to need a lot of grace and understanding and um, just also reminders from people that I thought this was a good idea and I need to stick with it. So um, it's definitely uh, been a tough start so far. I, it literally last week was my first week of class and I have um, another session tonight actually every Tuesday night is my um, hour and a half lecture and we were traveling last week and I had to get to the hotel where we were staying by um, in time to get the kids fed and get showered and um, get into that class from 8.30 to 9.30. Um, by the time we got done, I was, you know, my, my brain was wide awake till um, about 11 o'clock. I was doing homework after that so I could take the rest, rest of the week off to enjoy family. Um, so it was just one of those like this is it. This is what it's like when you're trying to go to school and have a family and, um, and do all these things. But at the same time, uh, it's a really important goal to me. So I'm going to make it happen. And uh, definitely, I think that confidence is a huge piece that is really hard to struggle with. But um, I appreciate the, the positivity that's come out just since I shared that this was something my whole family is going to be undertaking. Um, it's meant so much to get that encouragement and feedback. So uh, definitely all women, we need to, to pursue those goals if that's the way we feel called. And um, no, we definitely can do it. It's just that confidence and commitment. Great. Um, and I'm so, so proud of you. And I'm so excited for you. And also, I know at the same time, um, it takes a lot for you to put, for those who don't know you very well, it takes a lot for Megan to put something out that, sh that she needs support or help. So I know that's tough for you to say, hey, I need encouragement. And so I'm proud of you, not only for announcing and, and taking this on, but also I'm proud of you for saying, hey, look out for me, check on me. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't return an email, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. And I love, Sherry, your uh, quote about Brene Brown. Um, somehow in all of the things that have been going on lately, I picked up her Braving the Wilderness book. Um, and the subtitle of that is The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. And it is I, I literally, it's so ironic that you mentioned her because I was thinking yesterday about needing to post 
a review of this book, uh, maybe do some kind of book club on something else she's written, because I think these principles of really essentially that you have to belong to yourself and not trying to be all these other things for other people. Um, well, I'm doing a lot of reading right now. This is reading, um, I guess for fun, but that I needed to hear right now. And I can share more information on that book if anyone's interested in more on these concepts of how you can be true to yourself and trying the best we can to, to chart our own path when we have so many of these different societal pressures pulling on us. That's so powerful. And, and I love that the two of you are in sync with that. It, it's kismet. So Sherry, based on that, uh, what are you going to take away um, from the pandemic? Like Jerisa Lamont said in our last interview, and she quoted Dr. Justin Pate, which is we, we don't waste. I think she said we don't waste a tragedy or an emergency or a Megan. Do you know? Can you quote that? Do you remember? We, we don't waste I think it was a crisis or something along those lines. Yeah, we don't waste a crisis. So how are you not wasting the crisis? I think we're all going to be amazed. And when I say all, I mean this globally, uh, at the uh, innovation that comes from the pandemic. So I'm not minimizing the horrors of that. But anytime, I loved uh, Jerisa using that quote, you know, never waste a... Um, a crisis, a, a, a true crisis, because innovation uh, spawns from that. And I think that the uh, way we work will never go back to, to uh, we'll never go back to where it was pre-corona. Uh, I think we're shifting and from, a, from an HR standpoint and org development standpoint, we're going to be shifting the way we work. It's, it's forced us into doing that. Um, but the other thing is, uh, and I talked to President uh, Ben DePuty about this at our last Commission on the Status of Women meeting, was, you know, what innovations are going to come out for higher education in this? And we need to be looking for those. So anytime there's a tragedy of any kind, I equate this to um, the beauty that comes out of death. So in the middle of the horror when someone you love is passing away, there's always these beautiful moments that, um, that occur. And there are these memories that you hold on to and that become, uh, they permeate who you are. And so there's this beauty in that. And the same thing is going to happen with the horrors of this pandemic because it is horrific. And when we look back, uh, on history, we'll see that. But then also we need to look at everything good that's come from it. So we now know that telecommuting um, is not unproductive. Um, so we've always had the science that showed us that, but people wouldn't uh, believe it. So we had actual research that showed um, that telecommuting is very productive, can be. If we're not counting hours, we're counting uh, product or we're counting um, the efficiencies that are created, um, it, it works. The other thing um, I think that we've all learned in this because we've all struggled with, uh, is it going to be my family member next? So the things that we uh, took for granted, I think we cherished a little bit more um, when I have moments with my mother and I have moments with my husband, um, I try to take them and cherish them. 
um, in ways that I probably didn't do so much be, before Corona. I'm going to take a moment with that because I'm feeling the same way. I've never slowed down or given myself permission. Um, even after nine days off during that nine days, which doesn't sound like a lot to some people, I felt this enormous pressure sometimes to be productive. And I know that's because how I, that's what I've trained my brain to do. And also tying up my job performance in my education and, you know, just being able to produce something um, is where I put a lot of my self-worth. So I realized that knowing that and seeing that now and awareness of it, that I need to spend more time in stillness. And so that is um, taking some time and sitting with myself and my habits and why I do the things that I do and how much is pressure from outside, how much is really like things that I'm passionate about and that I care about and that I want to accomplish and, and how much is just not necessary. And I see that there's a lot that's self-imposed that's just not necessary. And so that is what I'm going to take away from the, the crisis of the pandemic is realizing that I can do with very little and be very content. And I can also recognize the worth that I have in being a mother and in helping other people, whether it's in my career or um, somebody walking outside in front of my house, who I happen to see now. I've never been home <laughs> to see them. And now I realize there are people that walk in front of my house all day long. I feel like this is a campfire and we're all sitting around it. <laughs> and we're, we're leaning in because Sherry wanted to share um, your journey. And I think it's important for people to know about the courage that you've had. But you did that magical thing where you make it about everybody else that's in the room. And that's a gift. So uh, thanks for making me feel introspective. Uh, <laughs> you, that's uh, your talent too as a professor is uh, you, you challenge us to, to think about how we can grow. And sometimes those are hard conversations. So speaking of hard conversations, what are some things that you're very passionate about right now? And what would you like our listeners to know about how they can um, ask you questions and uh, learn more about the things that you're passionate about? I would say my passions are equity and education. The, the equity piece right now with the uh, protests that are happening and the miscommunication uh, that some of the media has, I'm so excited that we now have these, and there's a term for it, and I'm not going to be able to say it properly, but we have these journalists who are live streaming. And so when the news station puts on um, information that might not be truly accurate, then we have live feed coming from these journalists. Um, I'm hoping that people will, will open their hearts and they will observe and reflect on what they're seeing and try to get rid of some of the implicit biases to really listen to what's being said about the systemic racism that we have in our society here. And um, just one example 
that if I could get, you know, just 10 people to go look up, when the 13th Amendment was passed, there was an exception clause that was put in. Um, So the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, but they put a loophole with an exception clause in it that allowed you to arrest and use for servitude individuals and so in a lot of our nation that's what we did so we imprisoned our our black community in mass a lot of them and used them for servitude so i think my passion at this moment right now would be to get people to go and read the 13th Amendment, look for the loophole in that, and then look at our prison systems and say, do we really, we, we all have a little work to do. So for those who are listening, I know that as a professor, uh, it, it, you put that hat on sometimes. So if you would put that on for our listeners now to share ways that they can check their sources and share ways them to uh, to take some control of, of the information that's out there. Right. I'm pulling up Google Media Bias Chart version 6.0. What I love about this chart is it gives you the information, it tells you all these different news sources that are available to us, and then it tells you their reliability also at what level that it is written. So is it written for entertainment or is it truly news information? We need to educate ourselves on where we're getting our information and then how do we fact check that? So when you're passing along something on Facebook and I do the same thing, I have come to the point to where I take it and then I fact check it to make sure that what we're passing along is truly true. So an example I'll give you just real quick is there is something floating around Facebook right now that is the picture of President Barack Obama that uh, folks are saying that has not been led into the White House, and it is not. That's not true. Um, So no matter what your politics are, you want to make sure what you are passing along is actually true. Um, The other professor hat and actually good citizen hat that I'll pass along is uh, not only vote in November, but educate yourself now. Start educating yourself now before the election comes. Every single vote matters. Um, And every single vote that is cast with true intent and true information inside your brain matters. I just want to thank you both for what you're doing uh, to, to put everything together to make sure that students are as safe as they can be when we go back to school. So, Sherry, I'm making an assumption, but um, I'm assuming that you'll be doing more online classes. Is that correct, or will you be in the classroom? Uh, right now, uh, I'm up in the air for the fall. We're going to wait and see, but we may be uh, doing it remotely where we'll do uh, synchronous learning. So typically a distance ed class, you don't have to show up at a certain time, but like Megan was saying, she had to show up on a Tuesday night to log in. Um, I'll probably do that this fall, but I'll make that decision on a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, we're sending you the best with that. And Megan, is there any support we can provide to you 
Um, right now, I know that a lot of people are anx anxious to get back to school. They are. And uh, thank you so much, Sherry, too, for sharing your experience at ECTC. That is the best encouragement we can hear right now of knowing that what we do does change lives. And um, sometimes we get in the weeds on decisions and um, all the things we need to do to make sure that uh, we create the safest and most productive environment for fall. But at the end of the day, that's what we're committed to. And I know we're going to figure out a way to keep students on track. And uh, I think the best way you can help is to, uh, if you know a, an adult who's considering going back to school, encourage them. If you know a high schooler that's on the fence about whether college is for them, encourage those around you to continue their education no matter what it looks like because we just can't let this pandemic stop those goals and we need people to invest in their education and just continue to encourage babysit though for those friends who need childcare while they study take them a meal um, do whatever you can to help keep others education on track I love that well that is a great way to finish up the podcast and before zoom kicks us off uh, it, it goes by so quickly. So Sherry, would you like to leave our listeners with, with any message? Thank you all for listening. And um, I just encourage you to keep listening to this podcast and learning and being inquisitive and uh, being a productive member of society, but more than anything, for nurture yourself and take care of yourself. The Boss Lady Coaching Podcast is a traveling podcast, and we're all about for-purpose influencing. If you like what you heard, please share it. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Lady Coaching, and find us on SoundCloud and iTunes at Boss Lady Coaching Podcast. You can also check out our website where we have free tools, books, a blog, and more. We are hosting events too, so check those out at BeTheBossCoaching.com. The Boss Lady Coaching Podcast, copyright 2020.